Thanks for joining us at Lighthouse today. Check out this message on spring cleaning. Good morning. Well, thank you for coming today. Thank you for listening online. Today is entitled Spring Cleaning. We are in between sermon series right now. Spring, how many people, just at a show of hands, how many people did some cleaning this week? Anyone, just randomly? Okay, it was crazy. I was just, I just kept seeing it happen over and over this week through different people, and it was just, all of a sudden, God just kept speaking a message to me about spring cleaning, and it was so funny. Uh, I'm going to, sorry, Sterling, I'm going to talk about you for a moment. <laughs> but Sterling was at the church uh, this last week, and maybe it was a couple weeks ago, and he needed to get something out of the sound, sound closet at the back, and so he said that he was going back there, and he's like, oh, well, I need to move this out of the way. He goes, oh, I need to, I need to clean this, and then he goes, before I knew it, so he said, I was on a whole project of cleaning the sound storage room, and then Patty uh, went in, and she was cleaning up uh, hospitality. She took some stuff out, dusted it, cleaned it, put it back in, and and it was so funny, at, at, even at our house yesterday, um, it didn't start as spring cleaning. Uh, we, I, was in the, I was in our art slash computer room slash guest room <laughs> slash all clutter room, and we were sitting there, and uh, the computer just seemed like it was blowing out hot air a little bit. Have you, ever, have you guys ever had a computer where it's just, it didn't start blowing hot air when we bought it, you know, and then also now it has, like, hot air coming out. I'm like, what is happening? So my dad, being the computer wizard guru that he is, I t- you know, I took the computer out, and I was like, all right, Dad, I think I just need an extra fan. And he goes, well, was a computer doing that when you first got it? No. Well, then why does it need an extra fan? <laughs> He's like, you should take it apart and see what's really going on on the inside. And so, you know, I take apart the computer, and it's just like Dust Bunny Village is going on. And I was like, oh. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's not supposed to be in there. <laughs> so, you know, dust it all out, blow it out, you know, get it. And he's like, well, how is the computer set up in the room? I'm like, well, it's in this little, you know, it, it fits great in this little compartment. It fits in there. He's like, what? That's not enough airflow. That doesn't work like that. And so, you know, so it started as computer blowing hot air, then became, well, let's rearrange the computer. But now we have to rearrange the desk. And now we have to rearrange the bed. And now we have to rearrange. So all of a sudden now, the whole room is outside of the room. And we're going through, we're like, well, do we need this anymore? Oh, what is, when do we even get this? I think this came with us in the move to Ventura. So it's been sitting in this corner for over five years, you know? And so all of a sudden now we're spring cleaning this whole bedroom, which started with a computer blowing hot air. We helped. <laughs> Story. <laughs> and so then... Everything is, is changed. It, it spring, ple- spring cleaning started up, and I was just inundated with this, this cleaning thing, and so I had been researching this week, and do you know where spring cleaning started? There, there's some different people have different ideas of, oh, it started, you know, in this year and this year, and it actually originated in the Bible. I, I didn't, I just, I found this out. I had no clue. Spring cleaning originates with the Jewish people right before uh, Passover in Exodus. It's, it's wild. They had to go through and clean their entire house out and get rid of all the unleavened bread and prepare for a journey into the desert. Like they had to clean everything and really condense what everything was in their life. There wasn't an option to bring everything with them. Some things had to get left behind because their new season could not handle the stuff from some of the things in their old season. 
catch up with me, okay? Um, uh, it's an illustration. It's, getting, it's, it's coming home. Some things in our next season, the things we're going to, the things that we're going to physically and mentally and spiritually, where we're headed as a church, we cannot hold on to some of the things from our past, okay? Spring cleaning has to happen. This season is very unique in our church because we're launching what our church is as a vision. It's taken a while, but I'm excited for it. We're here. It's like on the precipice. I'm so ready for this. Spring cleaning. It's crazy. It started by cleaning out and expecting the miraculous of mission. See, all the, all the Jewish people had to clean out everything, get rid of stuff, purge stuff. They're like, can I take this? Is this going to help me in the desert in this next season? Nope. Got to get rid of it. Is this gonna, yes, this will help you. You need this umbrella. You know, whatever it might be, you have to figure out what you're going to take into the next season. So, <clears throat> I want to reference that. If you want to look more about the Exodus journey, you can check out Exodus chapter 12. But I wanted to bring it into um, the New Testament. I wanted to look at a story that parallels spring cleaning to its fullest. I think I've only ever preached on this scripture. This might be my third time ever preaching on scripture, and typically I love preaching on the same things over and over and over, but I got new insight on this one. Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. It's a very common story. It's about Mary and Martha and Jesus. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and will be taken away from her. The parallel here is this. Martha and Mary are both cleaning. One is cleaning the home for Jesus and one is cleaning the home with Jesus. So the, the concept here is Martha was concerned about the physical home, the state of the home, because she had a guest coming in and she wanted to give the best foot forward and that he would be departing. But see, Mary, she realized the home was her heart. And she needed to prepare with Jesus for Jesus to dwell in her heart. So there was a longevity here. She realized that what Jesus was going to be speaking to her would last her entire lifetime. She was inviting Jesus into her heart, and it would be a forever moment. And Martha was concerned about the temporary, and Mary was concerned about the permanent. And I think we can sometimes as Christians get this mixed up. And we can identify as Martha on a Sunday morning, or once a year on Easter, depending on how frequent we come, and we can have a Martha mentality. Oh, I need to get ready, I need to prepare, I need to have this, and I need to do this and this, and then it's like, it's over. I can go back to the way I was living. But Mary was like, no, I need Jesus to help me, prepare me for this next season. And that, that was a turnover. That's the difference in believers here. 
Is your belief system based on preparing for God to speak to you, or is it based on God speaking to you so him and I can change my life? That's, that's the nuance here. One's a, one's a longevity kind of thing, and one's a temporary kind of thing. I love it. Just that idea. Martha was cleaning the home because Jesus was visiting, but Mary was cleaning her heart with Jesus because he was moving in. There's something about cleaning. At first, it's kind of daunting. It's kind of annoying. It takes up time. You get covered in dust. You sneeze a little bit. But then as soon as you hit this one milestone marker where thing, the room starts to take shape and the dust is starting to disappear, all of a sudden it's like you start feeling a sense of accomplishment. It starts feeling good. It's like, yes, I can see the floor again. It looks nice. I forgot this was the color we picked originally. <laughs> Just kidding. This is, this is before marriage. I'm just, that was a before marriage kind of moment in my life. No, you can ask Patty. That's, that's, not, that's not exaggerating. Um, number one, feeling of cleaning. Feeling of cleaning. And researching uh, why we clean. Why we have a spring cleaning, psychologists had so much to say on it. it creates this euphoria. It creates all these things. That it gives us the ability to, to do more. They're almost like PF flyers for the soul. <laughs> it's like, run faster, do more, if you've ever seen Sandlot. It's okay if you haven't. Just let, let the illustration go. Feeling of cleaning. One of the things it does is, A, freshness. Freshness. And looking at how the origin of spring cleaning um, transformed throughout time, at one point when it hit... Uh, Norway and certain Nordic countries, spring cleaning was actually the time when you would take and open up all the windows and all the doors because the insects ha aren't hatched yet. And you just let all the soot go out and you just start banging everything around and you let all the smoke come off of the curtains, all the smoke come off the carpet, the bedding, and it would go outside the house. It was crazy. Spring cleaning, it's, it's this freshness origin by cleaning, our, our attitudes are completely transformed. Think about it. When, when it kicks over to our own life, how much better is it when we spend time with God and he's working within us? You, you know, the physical cleaning of a bedroom or a room, and all of a sudden it's like, ah, it's done. You know? That's the same concept and the same mentality of when God's working on us in our hearts and all of a sudden... We have these things that we're going through, and it's like this, and God finally works on our hearts. It's that, that, that weight on your shoulders, breathing out. The fresh life that he gives us from spending time cleaning with God in our hearts. Another aspect of the feeling of cleaning is be function. Function. You know, at one point, I don't know if you've ever felt this, this point. Maybe, maybe you're just on, on point with your cleaning ability and your, your, your house is like the hotel of houses, okay? I don't know. But there comes a point when your, your room, let's just focus on a room, it starts off functional, right? 
And then someone who's not you decides, I'm cleaning and doing something, and it's like, I don't know where this goes. It's going to go here. Uh, I don't know where this goes. It's going to go here. And then eventually, functionality of that room just dissipates because now everything is everywhere, and you don't know where to get anything. Have you ever, have you ever fell into yourself in that? Okay, that was a... That was a pretty big uh-huh. <laughs> That's like a current uh-huh. <laughs> Function. <laughs> Things have a home. Function. The feeling of cleaning when we know we're organized and we know where things are. We know where, when, when I need to accomplish a task and I don't have to spend my entire day finding the item to accomplish my task. And then you get all MacGyver and you don't accomplish it anyways. It's this organization that makes us function better. Things are where they're supposed to be. Function. I, I really think this is, this is one of the tricky ones in life, physically and emotionally. Because in a bedroom, you, you eventually, you, you might stop caring. Who knows what the excuse is? You might stop caring. You don't have enough time, whatever, and it just starts getting to disarray. But that's the same sometimes in believers' lives, too. Function. We see a need somewhere, and we just step in to do it because no one else is there to do it. And you are called as a function inside the body of Christ, and you could be a superstar in one area, but you, you see the need in this, this one area, and you're like, I'm going to step out of what I'm called to do to do this because I just need to fill the gap. And all of a sudden, the functionality is severely missing in what you're called to do. Sometimes it's okay to pitch in and, and help out if you have the mindset, I need to find the person that's going to fit this spot so I can go back to what I'm called to do. There's so many times that, that we sidestep and we're just juggling so many different things and we're missing out on doing the thing that we're supposed to be doing, that God said, I built you for this. And all of a sudden, we're living a cluttered Christian life, a cluttered Christian church. And everyone's doing a little bit of everything, but it's not really functioning well. It's just happening. And in spring cleaning, that's the time to say, okay, I'm going to shift here. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And the, the preventative, the prevention of that is the, well, I need to, I need to move everything around. Because all of a sudden you're like, well, if I move this here, then I got to move this here, then I got to move this here. And then it's like this, tr not a train wreck, but it's like this chain of a million things have to move. Function. But when they're in the right spot functioning, oh, nothing better. When you go to the scissor drawer and the scissors are there, <laughs> oh, it's the best. Your wife doesn't yell at you for using her fabric shears, oh. <laughs> just me? Just, okay, that's, that might just be. Peggy almost, almost lost it on that one. I didn't want to look at her when I said use the fabric shears for cutting random stuff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think, you know what, Peggy, I think that's why you collect scissors. So you have so many extra scissors, 
just so they don't get to your fabric shears. I think that's what it is. <laughs> See, freedom. Freedom. The feeling of freedom in a room after you've cleaned it up, where you can walk from point A to point B in one line. Have you ever been... Have you ever been in those rooms when you need, you're here at the door and you need to get there 10 feet away, but it's not a straight line. It's like, okay, um, uh, okay. Oh, here we go, I got it, you know? And you're, you're like from A to B to C to D, one hop over of the random toy, but you land on Lego and then you cry a little bit, then you get to the final destination. There's <laughs> Legos hurt. There, there is freedom when clutter is removed. You, you have a freedom. You have the ability to walk in a straight line. Uh, going back to Exodus, thinking about when, when the Jewish people, the Israelites, had to leave Egypt. Um, I can't remember the time frame, the exact, but if they left Egypt and walked in a straight line to Canaan, which is now called Israel, we're just talking, did you guys, do you remember the amount of days? How much was it? It takes four days? Right, it took 40 years, but if they walked in a straight line, it was actually a four-day journey? That's, that's how long it would have taken if they walked straight. It took 40 years to get there because they're doing this. Because God had to remove the clutter of the bondage and sin and all of the cults and all of the uh, idols out of their life, and they're walking like this, but if they went from a straight point, people have walked that journey. It doesn't take long. You can do it to go from Egypt to Israel in a straight line is very fast, but their journey was like, I want to see all the rocks and all the clutter. It took way too long. 40 years they had to walk all over the place because they didn't have the freedom because clutter was in their life. So how do we, how do we start dealing with these things? Number two, we need to identify, not justify. Just let it sink in for a second. We need to identify, not justify. We need to identify what we need to spring clean and not justify why it belongs in our life. <laughs> okay, we're, everyone's catching up. Okay. We need to identify saying, this, this is here for a purpose. This doesn't belong here. This is here. This doesn't belong. It's identifying just black or white. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Versus justifying Everything belongs because I can kind of think of a reason why it should stay. We need to move past justifying and into identifying. James 1.5, this is the verse that will help you on this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. One of the greatest things we can get is wisdom from God. He promises us he'll give us wisdom if we just ask for it. How many times in our life would we have made better decisions if we had the wisdom from God? Oh my goodness. 
Don't look back too long. You'll start getting sad. I was reading um, a book, and in the book it said, um, you need to identify the most important step in a person's life. The most important step anyone can ever take is your next step. Get some wisdom from God and take your next step. So identify, identify. So there's three things that really happen when you go into spring cleaning in your heart, in your mind, but also physically in your room, okay? I'm going to give some practical wisdom today. So if you're going to go home and clean up some stuff, this will help you out too. <laughs> A, dust. Dust. In spring cleaning, you need to identify the dust. I started moving some stuff around. Patty's like, you vacuum first, right? And I was like, I'll move it back out then. <laughs> and that was a no. I was like, yeah, of course. But I think I said, yeah, of course, and I moved it back. It is now. Um, dust. Dust. I, I'm going to jump ahead, but I, can't, I need to not jump ahead, so I'm not going to jump ahead. But dust. Dust really represents, do you know what dust, that is nasty. Do you know what dust is? Yeah. It's dead skin cells. If you didn't know that, I'm sorry, but it's gross. I just need to pass on this because I, I should not be the only one to suffer with this knowledge. <laughs> this is nasty. I found that out in high school and I was just like, I don't want to touch anything. <laughs> dust. It, it represents dead Skin. Physically, that's, that's, that's dead skin. That's dead flesh that's laying around that shouldn't be there anymore. Spiritually, the Bible calls dead flesh sin items that have just been lingering around for a long time. See, when we, when we need to identify stuff, we need to identify first, is there anything dead hanging around in our lives that's just sitting on top of stuff that we need to get rid of? Because that is covering up the functionality of that piece. Dust. Dust. You, you need to go in. Dust. And the, the crazy thing about dust is it's never done. You always have to dust. And if you don't, there's a new layer of just dust all the time. That's how a believer's life works. There's, there's always Dead skin that we could be working on. There's always more things. It's not like we're Jesus where all of a sudden I've arrived, I'm saved, and now I'm perfect. No, even Paul, probably the greatest pedestaled Christian ever, still wrestled with dead flesh. And he's like, I, I am working on it daily. I die daily to my dead flesh. I die daily to the things I need to work on. We need to identify the, the dust in our lives, physically and mentally, spiritually. Number two of identifying and not justifying. And never, never justify the sin in your life. Uh, I, I, I got to touch back on that on A. Never justify saying, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm still doing this because I can, I can witness to people someday about this. What, what do you mean someday? You need to walk away from that and then start praying that God will send you people 
And all of a sudden, that's when you'll start seeing people start talking to you, saying, man, I'm really going through this. And it's like, all right, God, <laughs> thanks for sending. I know that was my past. Those are the items. B, clutter. Clutter. This one's a little tricky. Don't get this confused with dust. Clutter. Clutter is not past sin issues. That's not what clutter is. Clutter represents things that you've done in your past that are good, that are beneficial, that, that you bought and, and now they're just there. Clutter, clutter represents, well, you know what? I went to camp and, it ha- and God ministered to me this way, and so I need to recreate this exact expression of worship every single time I worship God because that is the only way God can show up. That's a clutter item. Clutter item is doing methods in our lives over and over again to almost like manipulate God to show up and do something. That's what clutter is. Clutter is saying, well, it worked this way, let's do it again. Really? That, Jesus breaks that example down very in your face about healing because he knew that us as people would try to match his methodology for healing. That's why Jesus did something random and silly almost every time he healed someone. To the point where he's like, you know what, it's me. I'm just going to spit in the ground and then put the mud on your face and you're going to be healed. And people are like, what? Because it caused people to realize it's Jesus healing them and not the action of it. Clutter in our lives is trying to, it's the things that are like the manipulations of God. It's the things that are just the extra things. It's, it's the things that it worked in one season and I, I need to hold on to it because someday, someday this is going to happen again. Do you, <clears throat> have you ever been, now I don't, I don't know if you've ever had this situation, but have you ever been to um, like an addict or a back room, like not just like a back room, but like the back room of the back room of the back room of a church? Have you, have you ever been in one of those places where you start pulling out stuff and you're like, why did we ever buy this? But we need to hold on to it because we might use it someday. <laughs> do, you, do you see what I'm getting at here? And all of a sudden, we're holding on to these things from our past. They, they were good in our past. They had a season, but the season is over. And it's time to move forward. Just like the Israelites, they had to identify in a very short moment what is critically that I need in this next season because I'm going to be wandering the desert. And they need to take that one, two, maybe three things with them. In our homes, we need to declutter. How many things are just left over from the past? Are we going to use that again? Are we holding on to it? for sentimental value because you can only have too many sentimental value things until you're just overwhelmed and overburdened. Clutter. Let's see. Rearrange. Rearrange. I was hinting on this one a little bit earlier with uh, freedom and organization. But rearrange rearrange. This is, this is moving things around. This is, this is realizing I've had the same setup in this room forever. It's the same-o, same-o, 
and things have now just been piled in, and I cannot move anything anywhere. But we need to rearrange to regain our functionality, to regain the, the, the mindset of joy and excitement of entering that room. What's that sparkle lady from Netflix? What's it, what? Marie? Spark joy? Does it spark joy? Does it spark joy? Does, do the things in your life spark joy? Do, do, do the room, I'm, I'm, follow with me. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a long time on this illustration. Do the things in your life spark joy? Do the room, does your, your room navigation, does your bed in a certain way, does this spark joy? Does, does what you started doing in ministry spark joy still? D- does your volunteering in this area still spark joy? Does, does this, I, I transition, come with me, <laughs> and he'll see. <laughs> A world of pure imagination. <laughs> Willy Wonka. Um, does this still spark joy? Because some things sometimes need to get rearranged in your life to have the joy not that you once had but the joy that god has for you waiting we're not supposed to really go backwards that's not what god calls us to god calls us to be moving forward to be moving forward god god called the israelites out of egypt not to go back into egypt but to leave egypt for the new promises so he can get them there, not to just build up another civilization, but to actually give inheritance for all people of all kind, all time. We are blessed because they left Egypt. Rearrange. These, these are the things we need to identify, not justify. These are the things we need to see the rearranging happening, see the clutter, but now we need to get into the nitty-gritty. So how do we accomplish those things? Valid point. Number three, getting it done. So how do we do it? you saw the, the little sandwich board as you walked through the door. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. So practical. If you just commit to seeing it through, God will establish that it will happen. It, it's like such circular reasoning. If you commit to it, it'll happen, and God will make it happen. <laughs> commit. Going back, A, dusting dusting. I don't think anyone has ever gone around dusting on their own without some kind of tool to help. Have you ever seen someone go, okay, I got, I got the dust. <clears throat> got to pick up all the dust here. That'd be, that's not even possible, right? You can't, you can't individually pick up the dust. You have to get some third party in the situation to dust. You need a vacuum cleaner, right? You need something with some power behind it. Vacuum cleaner, just for sake of time, represents the word of God. You need something that you can wield to take care of the dead flesh in your life. The vacuum cleaner. And then the vacuum cleaner can cover pretty much everything, but occasionally you have something that you can't reach that's reoccurring that's in the impossible to reach area, that the way up highs or the way down lows. And you, you need a third party 
to come in, a person to be part of it. This represents confessing your sins to a person. This is, this is saying, hey, I'm struggling with this and I need some help. That's just like dusting. I can't reach up here, but you can, and I need you to deal with it. I can't bend down underneath that bed anymore, and I'm not even going to try, and I need someone to, to get that. You know? We need to rely on others sometimes to bring in the word of God and to work with our lives. And the third aspect of dusting, I just, sorry, I just did three subpoints inside of a subpoint, inside of a main point. Yeah, there's, there, you can add in some three bullets on this one because that's where three bulleted pointed out today. The third aspect of dusting we got to take care of is the superficial dust on the surface. You know the TV? I don't care how many times I wipe a TV. I feel like if I walk by an hour later, there's already a new coat of dust on. It's like, where are you coming from? <laughs> that's just like our lives with sin. No matter how, it's like, wipe, it's like, oh, oh, my anger rose up again. Oh, my anger's up again. Oh, I'm frustrated again. Oh, those kind of things. The things that are always there, it's like we need to deal with daily because they're always on the surface. The, the, the entryway um, uh, cabinet thing, it always has a little thin layer of dust. We, we need to always dust them. B, dealing with clutter, it's declutter. This is identifying stuff from our past that worked, and it won't work in our future. And it's just accepting that. You know what? This was so great, but I'm going to let it go. <laughs> I'm going to pass it along. I'm either going to pass it along to someone who might use it or a trash man that might use it. You know, it's identifying those things in our lives. Are, are, we, are we cluttered up? where we can't navigate where God is calling us to navigate to. Because we're so consumed with trying to force God to work through a certain situation that he's like, no, I, I have fresh insight for you. Let go of past things. They were great in your past, and they got you to where you're at now, but I'm calling you to another level, and the stuff on the current level can't make it there. Let it go. <clears throat> And then arranging, arranging. I think this one's really hard for, for everyone. Arranging, this is, the, the trick to arranging physically, and it also helps out spiritually, is this. Physically in our lives, arranging, you got to start with the biggest thing first. There is no other way, unless you are like the genius Tetris person of the planet. There's no way around this. You always start with the biggest things first. You always start with the bed. You always go to the dresser. Then you go to whatever. And then you, start with, then you go medium things, small things, tiny things, and you're done. But you've got to start with the big thing first. So when we rearrange our lives, kicking it over to spiritually, we identify what's the biggest thing in my life. What do I need to identify? I'm going to give my example of my life is my biggest thing, my, my absolute favorite thing, the thing that drives me, the thing that sparks joy, is preaching creatively. I love a good illustration, such as today's message. <laughs> I, I, I love it. There's been times I, 
we've been together, and, and Janelle is in the room, and she's like, I don't know how you're going to swing this illustration. It's in there, but I guess we'll find out Sunday. You know, and, and they're, they're off-the-wall crazy things, and God spoke to me, and it's like, I'll give you the words to say. But I don't just have a 35-minute window where I'm like, this is all I do with creative preaching. That's, that's not it. That's, you'd be sadly mistaken if you think that's, that's all it is for me. It's my big thing. Every single moment of every single day, I'm listening to God speak to me saying, is, is, how is God going to teach me as I fill up my coffee and I spill it? Oh, so hot liquid represents this and this represents this and I had the inability to pay attention and cover it. You know, it's like God's always speaking to me and I'm always listening because it's my big thing. It's so important to me. I'm listening all day, all week. I'll sit there and, and ask Patty, I'll be like, I just got this insight and I was studying for this message but now I have two more messages because this, 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 and the Patty's like, we're watching a TV show now. <laughs> I'm like, so is there a time I could talk about this? <laughs> but it goes vice versa too. <laughs> She'll be talking about me and I'm like, we're in a TV show. So we, we have a great relationship. <laughs> we, understand, we get each other, babe. I need to stop digging myself in a hole right now and just move forward with that. Um, the, big, the big thing. We need to identify what is the big thing. And, and the, the problem arises when we don't identify what the big thing is and it becomes a small thing and everything else doesn't fit and then it doesn't work. So what I'm, I'm getting at here is this. In all of our lives, I'm just, I'm, I spent a long time identifying what my big thing was and putting energy into it. But I want to challenge you in this next season. Identify what your big thing is. What are you so passionate about that as every single moment of every single day, you're doing it? You, you, you're so focused and you're so hyper. Every single thing you do, as you're making breakfast, you're thinking about this thing and how it can intertwine together in all the areas of your life. I, I call this word purpose. What is your purpose in it? Why? What is your big thing? As we move into this next season of our church, we are hyper-focusing on helping people understand what their big thing is and helping them do it. That's, that's what we're moving into. We're shifting into that. But I want you to start identifying as you're serving right now and maybe something you thought was your big thing isn't because your whole day isn't consumed by it, but it's actually consumed by something else. How do we get that focus to be the bed of the room, the desk of the room, the dresser of the room? Because the whole room has to revolve around that thing. So are, are you catching the illustration here of a room that has a big thing in it? Everything is functioning around that. In your life, your purpose is a big thing and everything has to function around it. It's not a 30-minute thing once a month that you're like, I'm really passionate about doing this. And I do it like 30 minutes once a month. Mm, I don't think that's it. Or else you haven't understood how to activate that in your life. Because you should be thinking about that every single day. 
You should be practicing it all day long, and it should consume you. One of the things that, with David, his, his biggest thing, one of his big things was, was worship. He sat there worshiping God all day long. He was still a king, and I think most people would argue that was his big thing, but really, I think worship was his big thing. And he brought the presence of God everywhere he went. And he utilized that while he was king. And he utilized that in all aspects. He sat in a field playing his musical instruments all day long. He was watching sheep, but he was worshiping. He was out to kill Goliath, but he was worshiping. He was consumed by it. And that's, that's one of our, our, our goals of our church, our, our vision, is to help us understand we have these big things in our life, these, these purpose moments, these this items, and it's to get us to enact that in our all-day, everyday waking life. Do you know how many times I've had sermons that I've come up with? Because it's in my I even dream about sermons. And I'm like, oh, that's a good, I'll wake up, I'm like, oh, that, write that down. Like, illustration, I'm, I'm just consumed by it. Are you consumed by your big things in your life or what you thought was a big thing is actually something you cherish really well? Because sometimes we have those items on our dressers that we look at every single day. They're so special to us, but it's not the big thing. We need to understand that. My prayers for today were really just to inspire us to, to clean up physically a little bit but also to clean up spiritually and, and emotionally and mentally. Our, sh- our church is shifting in from vision to mission, and it can't be done without all of us. If you think Lighthouse is about me and what I do, you're getting it wrong. That's, it's, not, it's not me. Our church is about Jesus and what he's speaking to all of us. And we all have to jump on board with it. We all have to move forward. The Israelites leaving Egypt would have been really embarrassing and sad if it was just Moses, right? I always get Noah and Moses mixed. I don't know why. Moses, what if Moses just left and he, it just was him? We wouldn't hear those stories. It was all or none. And we all got to go. We all got to move forward on this vision. We all got to jump in. And I, I want to throw out kind of a challenge. I was thinking about this. If you're so inspired to even physically go out and start cleaning your house and saying, you know what, I want this to represent what God's going to do in my heart. And you go in and you're like, I'm going to clean this bedroom. I'm going to clean this closet. I'm going to clean something. And it's going to inspire you because you're, you're enacting and saying, I'm going to move this forward into what I'm going to spiritually do too. Would you be so inclined and so bold to take a picture, throw it online, and just share it and encourage it with all of us? I mean, how cool would that be? Just, I clean my, you know, this closet, and all of a sudden we start inspiring other people like, well, I need to clean too. You know, if, if you'd be so bold to do that, throw it online, tag the church or something. You know, just if it's on Facebook, Lighthouse, or if it's on Instagram, Lighthouse 805, because I would love to see that and be inspired too. Let's pray. Lord, speak to us, encourage us, build us up. There is nothing better, God, than feeling like a clean room where it's filled with functionality and it's filled with organization. 
I mean, the, the spark of joy, God, that we feel when we go inside the container store alone. Lord, I pray that you would start transforming our lives, not just that we'd physically clean a room, that we start mentally cleaning our spirit and our, and our lives and our everyday life to say, I want functionality in my life, God, as a believer. Lord, start, start working on our hearts to understand what you're speaking to us today. Maybe we just got a little bit, but let us catch all of it, God, that we would start moving forward in all of our life, getting the big things in place, getting all the areas cleaned up, getting ready for the mission that you're calling us to as a church, Lord. We thank you, and we praise you, and we worship you. Keep speaking to us, God. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to Spring Cleaning. For more podcasts and giving information, go to lighthouse805.com.